0: Welcome to Hollywood's Haunted, the podcast, not just a podcast, the podcast, where we discuss everything from hauntings and murders to the evil underbelly of Tinseltown. Our hosts today are Tia Bean, Jameson, Hello. and Patrick. I like how we all like waited for that. That was, <laughs> that was, that was classy, guys. That was nicely done. Yay. Professionals. I, have, I am here with professionals today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we uh, got some... I mean, I I was definitely interested when I did the research on this. This. I, Why don't you was, say what it is? Um. No, I'm just I'm just gonna tease it forever. Um. Yes, this is uh, we're gonna discuss Jane Mansfield, uh, the Pink Palace. That's actually where she lived. Uh. So, save your 13 year old jokes for your brain. And then <laughs> of course we're gonna jump over to Anton Levey Um. If you don't know him he's uh well you'll learn yeah, all about yeah. him well, in like five seconds him, yeah but me, <laughs> you want to be like i don't know just say the word satan just to keep people you know i say it every morning as soon as i wake up <laughs> Satan. <laughs> <laughs> good satan to you <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: morning, Satan. <laughs>
2: oh my goodness
0: um but uh yeah um how you doing jameson
2: Good. Uh, hi to everybody out there. Everything's good over here on the East Coast. A little bit darker over here than it is there for at the moment, but.
0: You mean darker, okay. like cloudy wise, or?
2: Oh yeah, no, oh, it's okay. just darkness all around because we are going to speak of <laughs> Anton Lavey, the Prince of Darkness himself.
0: Nice. I like how Connecticut adapts to your moods like that.
2: Oh sure. Well oh, shoot, <laughs> we're the home of the uh, uh, the family there. I forget what they're uh, the Warrens. We're oh, home of the Warrens weird. here, yeah. so.
0: Is is isn't that where that last house on the left is too? Uh, that <laughs>
2: could be.
0: Is, is I don't the know haunting in Connecticut took place here. That's, that's,
2: that's what I was thinking. <laughs>
0: um, so,
2: yeah, Anton yeah. LaVey. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would guess a hero of mine just because his head is as bald as mine is. So uh, I do appreciate the haircut and all wanna, that. That would be a great
1: um, Halloween costume for
0: you. That's true. Ooh, there you go. That's an Goodness.
2: easy one, too. Yeah. He's got to get a scary goatee and some double uh, some horns and a cape, and I'm good to go. Yeah.
0: That's, <laughs> damn, that's a really good one.
2: Good idea. A lot of people <laughs> probably won't get it, though. He's been dead for, what, uh, 20 years or so? 25 years. So, yeah, know. he's uh, – for those of you who don't know who Anton Ovea is out there, uh, he's the founder of the Church of Satan. And I'm sure everyone kind of jumps to the conclusion that they automatically understand what that church is all about. But uh, I was kind of surprised to find out that uh, Satanism itself actually is kind of more of uh, more of a personal want and need kind of thing, as opposed to like uh, all out like blood sacrifices and you know uh, uh, straight up you know Satanism things like the things, all the things that are associated with that. It's not really so much that um so i was interested to learn as they they give it as uh the meaning of satanism is places it basically places needs wants and desires of self or the individual ahead of everything else so it's basically all about me I, and I, I that's like surprising
0: that. i like that
2: mm. you know <laughs> it's basically a selfish religion you know it's just like well what's in it for me what can i do for me uh, how does it benefit me? <laughs> uh, and that was, uh, I, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think a lot of people kind of end up doing that in the end anyways, especially, uh, I mean, no offense to other organized religions, but a lot of it is, you know, given to, given to others. And a lot of people don't follow that. Yeah, you know?
0: that's true. And I, I always thought it was weird to, uh, growing up Catholic and I, I, I don't know people having the, like, you know, you do this now and you'll be rewarded in the end. It's like, so you are still looking for a reward. True yeah. and, very true. and or, i never i really never really understood or that. people
1: who use the word of god to like impose hate on someone else when they're like oh but we're a religion of love but you know you know god hates x or jesus hates whatever you know like at least, oh it's
2: yeah yeah
1: at least satan is friend, of you know or it in yeah. my opinion i in my opinion
0: it's uh, horrible you know, for, in our opinion.
2: <laughs> I, I shouldn't say what. What I should say is that it, it, it's definitely good for for people who need it. People that need that structure, that need that help with things. I think that's a very good thing for some yeah. people. Um, the problem is is that the people that take it too literally, they're the ones that that you know taint it and they use it in their in their favor as a weapon. You know, True. and uh, that's that's tough to that's tough. And so it's funny to me to hear what Satanism was kind of more of like. You know, um, well, I I just kind of wanted to know what's in it for me, and uh, that was kind of a little bit refreshing, I would say. Mm. You know, not to say that I would do it myself, but I mean, I could see where at least people were being honest with themselves and just yeah. being like, you know, this is what I want. And I'm willing to, I don't know, maybe. Uh, uh, they didn't really. Th- they didn't go into ex- explanation about how like the stances were performed or how their prayers were performed or anything like that. Um, trying to do research, they were very limited as to how, you know, to how a, a Satanist would perform his Sunday rituals. <laughs> <don't know>. uh, <laughs> put on for their Satanist? Sunday nice, words, I would guess, right?
1: I mean, I have a copy oh. of Satanic Rituals, the book, if you ever uh-huh. want to, if you ever want to, you know, do some Satanic rituals, you know, one Saturday <laughs> afternoon, you know, whenever you're free. <laughs>
2: I listen to striper so to hell with the devil I don't listen to any of that other nonsense uh, no no I mean it, it would be interesting to read up on it I mean I've never really thought about uh, you know being not into church and stuff myself I don't really kind of uh, look at it as that you know oh I want to get pinned down into one kind of thing and you know that's just not something I'm super into doing but hey you never know might be in down to uh, to, to uh, learn a little bit more about Satan himself sure why not?
0: I mean, if you, you know, I you know, you spend ten years learning about the other guy. You
2: know, boy, yeah, true. You know, <laughs> you got to might... balance it out. Exactly. You
0: know? you know, that's like not hearing the other person's story, and then all of a sudden, this guy is like, "No, no, 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 no!" But you didn't see him. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh I don't my goodness. know. Maybe, he's yeah. the real bad guy, right? Yeah, the devil was just do... like the guy that like, like got like. Hit in the car accident, and then later on, the like, guy was like, "No, nah, you hit me." Sorry, I met the devil in a car accident one time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my goodness,
0: that's
2: funny. Do I sound okay by the way? Because I'm hearing robots right now.
1: Oh, you sound fine. <laughs>
0: okay, you should get that checked
2: out, Jameson.
0: <laughs> I'm here.
1: Did robots I not tell again. you that I have uh, converted to robotism? <laughs>
2: So, Anton LaVey starts the Church of Satan, um, born in 1930. He's born in October. He actually died in October as well, but he's born in October 1930. And he was actually born Howard Stanton LaVey. All right. Uh, But changed his name to Anton Anton, uh, Zandor LaVey. Uh. Anton Zandor LeVay so
0: Zandor, and uh, was a pretty a gifted family. kid.
2: Um was really into playing music. Uh he loved playing like uh the organ. So he played that he was known to play the pipe organ, the calliope, uh piano, that kind of thing. And so he did a lot of performance art and this is where it kind of starts to get a little bit murky. He either dropped out of high school at the end or graduated and then apparently took up a job with the circus. Okay? He's at the circus, and he sees these men that are, um, kind of. Basically, they're going out at night, and they're going, they're getting drunk, they're, they're, you know, trying to hook up with women, and then the next day they're going into church and they're trying to act all pious and, and high and mighty, and so he saw the contradiction in that, and that really turned him sour to, to religion itself. Okay.
0: Interesting.
2: And at the, in about 1950 or so, uh, he he meets a woman named Carol and who's only 15 years old by the way marries her and uh, 2 years later uh knocks her up and uh they have a daughter named Carla All right. uh they get divorced in 1960 or so and um he meets another woman um and she births uh, his daughter and they name her Zena <laughs> uh not Zena warrior princess but Z E E N A uh mm. and uh her name is uh Zena uh Levee as well. I'll keeping the same last name. Um, they uh, they have a they have a uh, a son as well and they lovingly named their son Satan. Yay! Uh. All right. So their their youngest son is Satan and his middle name is Xerxes. Uh so you have Satan Xerxes Levee. What's Xerxes All right. I'm sure it's he never child.
1: got beat up a day in his life.
2: I'm, I'm sure he was just the normal kid down the street named Satan you know now if satan is listening to this i you know i maybe he embraces his name and all for it i'm sure i'm sure he's all on board with being a a satanist um but that's got to be a pretty tough name to just have period If,
0: if satan is listening to this um please message us we would love to talk to satan (laughs) <laughs> go. We would, i not, okay we would love no not, lie not just like actual like this satan right here um yeah no, <laughs> no
1: lie i used right. to be a tiny bit obsessed with Zena Levee, but that's that's another story
0: well, i mean it makes yeah, sense no. like if you ever see an interview with her she's super calm and collected oh, she's she's attractive as well you know she's very she well, kind of looks like taylor well swift in the way she the way i mean i was very interested when i researched satanism a long time ago because it a lot of it does make sense like the um they kind of it kind of seemed like uh like a theory of evolution type of like survival of the fittest type of thing um but yeah, I, thought, sure. I don't know. Some of it made perfect sense, but also it's still an organized religion. Yeah, uh, yeah. Know? So it, it's well, it, it can't not be fallible, or uh, yeah, it, yeah. It's 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 still gonna be weird.
2: <laughs> oh, totally, totally. Um, he he basically seemed to be a major figure. Uh, He was born in Chicago, but he moved out to San Francisco and, you know, obviously in the sixties and stuff, San Francisco was like a really major focal point for a lot of things going on, you know? Um, And I I think that he was kind of wanting to stand out while he was in San Francisco. So he did strange things like, uh, you know, uh, he, he drove a corners van. um, And his big signature thing was that he had a black leopard named Zoltan that he would, walk around the town on a leash. That's,
0: That's awesome. awesome. Yeah,
2: that is awesome. Sultan. <laughs> uh, Sultan. So, uh, yeah, so he, so, you know, he was that guy. He liked to stand out. He, you know, I'm sure he was wearing a cape at that point. Um, he did <laughs> shave his head in a, in a ritual. Uh, I, and it was funny because uh, then it was contested that he actually had lost a bet, and that's why he had to shave his head. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. But if a he went he stuck a with ritual. the story that it was done in this this ritual of the moon and all this stuff. So uh, he went with the cooler story. Was,
1: it, was yours a <laughs> bet or a ritual or?
2: Uh, no, mine was my grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's Nothing funny. cool like that. Also the moon. Um, what's that? Also the moon also the moon yes <laughs> now i just look like the moon uh <laughs> so he, so he basically he, you know he, he's hanging out in san francisco people are gravitating towards him he knows how to speak he, he's he's doing all this music and stuff and uh he he starts a, a a kind of like a group of people called the order of the trapezoid all right and eventually that becomes the Church of Satan. But um, the Church of Satan officially didn't start until um, the end of April uh, 1966. After he started the, the the church, people were drawn to it pretty, pretty quickly. Um, there was a few, maybe 100 or 200 people that kind of joined on with it. Um, but it was kind of marketed as not, again, not sacrificing animals and not uh, maybe – Necessarily, direct, directly p- praying to Satan per se, uh, but again, it was all of that darkness and the rituals, and and being called warlocks and all that. So everything of that was involved. Um, people were drawn to it. Famous people were drawn to it. Uh, the uh, Stevie Nicks, Marilyn Manson, Christopher Lee, Sammy Davis Jr., Jimmy Page. Um this guy named Mark Almond, who is the singer of uh uh shoot, I'm thinking of forgetting the name of the band, but they sing the song Tainted Love. Uh Soft Cell. <laughs> soft Cell, thank right, you. Yeah. Uh so Tainted Love, the lead singer from that. Um now the, the, the cult caught on and, and people and you know, I, I didn't I didn't get a lot of background information on necessarily the, the church itself on like what like um you know what goes on inside the church itself. But the feeling that I got, the overall feeling that I got from reading the articles about, about him is that a lot of the stuff that he said was never verified. You know, he's, I was telling you earlier, he ran away to the, to the circus, and there's no records of him ever being in the circus. And it wait, seemed that wait, a lot of wait. the stories that he would tell could not be verified by anybody. Um, he claimed to have dated, to have a, an affair with Marilyn Manson when she was a dancer, a dancer in Los Angeles. Marilyn Monroe, and, you mean? Ma- sorry, yeah, Marilyn. Sorry, Marilyn Monroe. Excuse me. Because that definitely <laughs> happened with Marilyn Manson. Oh, yeah. that would have been weird. They, definitely... they didn't meet each other, but they were not dating. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he uh, he said he had a uh, you know an affair with Marilyn Monroe, and um, you know when they when they went to prove that like both both of the guys like the owner of the club was like, she's never worked here and and nobody's, you know, her friends were like, we've never seen him around. So it seemed that a lot of the things he said were kind of just on his word alone. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of the people that I read about that were famous didn't necessarily buy into the whole thing to it. They were just kind of more like they thought he was kind of a cool guy, but they weren't really interested in becoming full on Satanists. Um, even the guy from Tina Love, he was like, "Eh, it was kind of more of a joke, and you know, this and that." So a lot of people, kind of, almost every single person I read about was just kind of like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of more of like an honorary degree member, kind of thing." <laughs> Even Manson, you know, mm-hmm. um, they made him a, they made him a Baptist or something like that, or whatever a minister or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So the impression that I got was that you know, like most enigmatic igna- figures um, that are in churches and whatnot. He was very um, enticing and very smart and very seductive and offered a religion that basically promised you anything you wanted. And a lot of, some people felt that he was in it for a monetary gain. Um, I don't think he made a lot of money off of it, but I think he enjoyed the notoriety. And I think he liked the fact that he was kind of the center of the attention and that he could, you know, do all these uh, things and people would kind of follow him along. Mm-hmm. Um, because when it ultimately came down to it, from the articles that I read, it really didn't seem like most people didn't take him too seriously as far- or take the religion too seriously, let's say.
1: yeah,
2: um, That was the impression. A lot of people just were like, yeah, it's cool, but, you know, whatever. I'm not like, you know, every Sunday there, hail Satan. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I do that, so, yeah. but. Yeah, yeah sure 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 no. and and i definitely think the members <laughs> of the church are definitely you know i'm sure that people that go there uh i think you were you were talking about Zena. it seemed the impression i got is that Zena has basically walked away from the church and she's not involved with it anymore
1: i believe she started her own religion that's more of like a pagan wicca religion yeah
2: sure yeah so I mean, even her his own daughter kind of bailed on it. Um, mm-hmm. So, I don't know, maybe because I think that she had a clash with the guy who kind of was put in charge of it after he died. Um, and so I think that they kind of clashed, and so she that's why she left it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's just kind of – I feel that anytime you have, let's say, a cult or a church sect that's not an established major religion, you have somebody that's just very personable and likable and something about them that draws people that are – I don't want to say weak willed, but just are easily influenced. Let's say,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and they can um, they can gravitate towards that, and and they can take advantage of that. That you know, that's you know, a lot of people feel feel that way about. Oh, Ron Hubbard, I know, with Dianetics and stuff, and mm-hmm. and, and that that they they feel it's a made up religion, and you know, I'm not going to argue with that. But uh, you know, it, you have somebody who's very strong, and people are attracted to that, and they can kind of convince you to follow them to do anything, you know.
0: Yeah. 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 It's, uh, that's why I was saying like before, it's like, yeah, it's like, it doesn't matter. It's like, it's, it's an org organized religion. There's, yeah, there's bad. (laughs) I
1: I have always wanted to start my own cult, but it would just be
2: so much work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) You just got to learn how to, you just got to know how to talk to people and get them to do the work for you. too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When, when we, when we used to do tours on Hollywood Boulevard, uh, people sometimes would at like hard rock would be like i saw you on the boulevard and there was like a bunch of people following you around and i used to be like oh it's okay I, i'm part of a cult <laughs>
2: that's great we're on and then way you just walk CBS away, right? To, uh... just leave it at that just walk away and you're like wait was she kidding <laughs> <laughs> was that serious is tia really part of a cult we
0: just really needed to get more punch
2: yeah yeah right <laughs> punch. Now, I did um, – this was this was one thing that I thought was kind of funny, and this just kind of prove not prove my point, but just kind of helped me kind of lean more towards my findings or, or feeling the way I did after find my findings was that uh, uh, he – the name of it, the character he chose – for some reason, I didn't write down the name that he chose. But um, Don, Don, the comedian Don Rickles was on a television show called The Wild Wild West, all right, mm-hmm. and there was an episode that they did where the guy was like an evil sorcerer. Uh, named so-and-so or whatever, and apparently, if you watch the show, all the characteristics and things that he did was what Antelope did. He he took it from that character. That's so funny. So, so I thought that was kind of funny, that if that was, in fact, who he did take his character from, he chose Don Rickles to copy. Uh... <laughs> so... They just said there was a lot of parallels between the two characters, but I just thought that was kind of weird. Yeah, so,
0: right.
2: Yeah. I mean, he didn't take the character that Don Rickles played. That's why I didn't write it down because he chose a different name. But they were they were just saying it. Yeah, I thought that was pretty hilarious. That's Funny. That's funny. So, <laughs> so we were talking about different people, and I'm gonna let you uh jump right in here. But um, Jane Mansfield was definitely the probably the most prominent celebrity that he was kind of attached to, where uh. People he, bo- he was was very uh, like uh, was very notorious for joining up with him, and um, I will I will kind of let you take the the baton from there. But uh, definitely Jane Mansfield was 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 definitely associated with it, and her death uh, resulted in a lot of people saying that she had made a deal with the devil and and whatnot. So. I, f- uh, I feel so like yeah. that's
0: that that was uh, the reason why that was the most you know because like you said I I think people kind of understood that Anton Levay was kind of hey let's take pictures of celebrities and
1: I definitely of, feel like he was more of a showman than yeah anything, yeah but I mean you know? he's yes. if
0: you're if you're starting a religion you gotta you gotta gotta work the media you know you gotta make yeah. sure you spread spread the word yeah I, I mean
1: <laughs> I've always felt that and this is maybe why I kind of connect to Satanism is that like Satanists are kind of like the trolls of religion. Like they're (laughs) kind of slightly like mocking organized religion by like, look what we can do we can do this too you know
0: well and... I, lo- I love how they'll do things like you know get the ten commandment statues taken out of places you know yeah that, are like, <laughs> that, that really yeah it doesn't make sense to be mixing religion with you know they
1: just got that huge statue erected
0: yeah uh, and they got that baphomet statue erected or whatever where, yeah. I don't
1: remember where it was I don't but... know what, group what
0: specifically that was but yeah, yeah. there's and like then an... it's put into a it was like put in, a, in front of like a courthouse or something yeah shit. but it's because
1: be- because of freedom of religion like if you're allowed to have a statue that has the ten commandments on it why can't satanism have their statue or x y and z other religion and so that was something that they were fighting it was either take down the statue of like the ten commandments or erect the statue to the baphomet and they chose to erect the statue of the baphomet and it's a real thing it exists so that's
0: fantastic yeah where was that I don't know. I want to say it was like Massachusetts or something. Yeah, it's
1: somewhere. Maybe it's in Connecticut. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Yeah, maybe you're close. Jameson, look well, up Lace- Google, out Google, Google will Baphomet statue on your there. maps right now.
2: Find out for me. I will broadcast from there next week. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so sweet. It's
0: kind even of even though it wouldn't make sense because this is an audio podcast. yeah. yeah. That be. Let's just say you're there next week. <laughs> You can probably hear the evil behind me.
1: <laughs> evil is subjective.
0: Like it's cool. The evil well, well, around me is the reason I only
2: have one bar right now. <laughs> one bar of reception. You might
0: have to edit that out in post, all this evil.
2: <laughs> Satan is giving me bad reception. Oh man.
0: Uh, all right so yeah jane mansfield that's interesting i didn't realize that she was uh uh, one of the more popular one but that makes sense because of the death um yeah because most of the other ones kind of seemed like his that were in his media folder when he was going to pitch his religion to somebody
2: yeah i mean like even she said she was like i'm a devout catholic i will never become a satanist but it's you know he's got some interesting points and and i like it you know So, yeah, I mean, it seemed to me that she was more buddy-buddy than, than, you know, I'm all in, cash me in as a Satanist.
0: That's interesting. You know? Yeah. I,
1: sorry, I just thought of something. Uh, I wonder if that photo shoot, because there's a famous photo shoot that Jay Mansfield did with Anton LaVey. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a series of photos, and I wonder if that was done at his estate or if it was done at the Pink Palace. I'm gonna have to look into. I should have. Yeah, I should have yeah. looked into that. I mean, that's
0: <laughs> that's a really uh, big picture. That's true. Yeah. yeah. You know,
2: also this is this is the other thing that's interesting about about her, and I don't I don't want to give away too much of your your story here, but. Um, the, imperson- the impression that I got was the relationship between the two of them was beneficiary for both of them because Anton Lavey got the press that hey you got Jane Mansfield talking with you and on your side there must be something up with this religion and from her point of view she was kind of a fading star so she's drumming up this press because holy crap Jane Mansfield is hanging out with a Satanist what's this all about so she got press and stuff too right so yeah. It, it oh yeah was, you know she was doing like she was doing Playboy apparently like she was one of the first celebrities to get naked and well, like I don't. So Think, she was kind of, I don't think but, it
0: was the fading star thing. I think it was more of this is it, that's always been her. I think is uh, being that, the that could be. camera hog, look at me. But she just she was like a typical girl, you know. She wanted excuse me, you know, like <laughs> no, like a typical girl. Careful like now. she she wanted like a like you watch movies and you want to be a Hollywood starlet, you know. Oh, um, like 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 when we grow up wanting to be fucking Tom Cruise, you know? Like dude gets to fly around in planes and shit like, you know, right. like, and make cool movies, you know? I feel like um she's always looking for like a way to She was like Angeline, you know, like always mm. looking for a way to sell, you know. Got it. Cuz yeah, her she definitely wanted to be Marilyn. That was Sure. She that was her goal.
2: Yeah, oh. and Marilyn hated. Well, I shouldn't say hated her, but she, she didn't she, like it. She didn't like well, her. Well, felt... let, let's
0: just let's, let's just get into this before we discuss all of it. Before I talk about sure, it. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so Jane Mansfield, born April nineteenth, nineteen thirty-three in Pennsylvania. she's actually born Vera Jane Palmer. Um, she didn't have a, she she didn't have it like terribly rough uh at first but it was mostly because her grandparents passed away early on so she inherited three hundred and nineteen thousand dollars wow um, but that's actually like by today's date st- i already calculated that to 2019 um back then it was like you know 80 grand or something but that's what it would be today um but uh she they eventually moved to new jersey unfortunately her father died of a heart attack in 1936 and she was kind of a person that like i said was kind of glued to tv and film and she really admired and wanted to be shirley temple that was her big that was her like first goal and so at age 12 they got her into dancing classes and then she was playing the violin the viola the piano um and she performs doing like uh, stage you know musical type things like that um age 17 she marries paul mansfield um and that's when she starts to actually study acting um before then she had you know she been work, you know working with her family doing music and stuff like that uh marries paul mansfield 17 years old which i thought was weird but i guess that's not that's very typical for I mean, it's like then, the you know? 50s right yeah 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 that's yeah that's how that's how it was um and then so she starts studying acting and then she falls in love with marilyn monroe and she desperately wants to be her it's uh like a life goal like written in her diary type of life goal and so she begs paul to move to hollywood and he doesn't really want to but eventually he gives in and she gets her first screen test with paramount in 1954 and that was really because she made a good friend she at that point was doing a lot of um uh like beauty contests and stuff like that and she okay. won won a lot of beauty contests and she, that was the only reason she was just made friends and she got a screen test but she you know be, it didn't go anywhere beyond there her first actual role was in the film female jungle um I know. Very very it must have That's been It's like a very, a very
1: typical nineteen fifties. It's
0: straight up, yeah. It obviously old jungle. It obviously wasn't like uh yeah, an epic drama That's
1: how, did something. that win best picture. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure
0: it did, yeah, exactly. Right next to male desert.
2: <laughs>
0: uh <laughs> ew, <laughs> ew. But um, the way she actually did uh, make her claim to fame was not just because of her looks which I thought was interesting because that's how she was trying to sell herself this was the you know the age of the Hollywood blonde bombshells you know sure. so she was trying to match that I mean she, she was a brunette she dyed her hair blonde like her entire life almost um, but so she got, uh very the lead role in will success spoil rock hunter and that was actually on broadway and then it did so well they decided to make it into a movie and she starred in the movie as well and the movie did great so that kind of was what uh kickstarted it
1: we just watched that the other day it was so good yeah she kind of like plays like a parody character of marilyn monroe
0: Mm hmm. Which yeah. was, yeah, really, really Which in- interesting. Which
1: probably, maybe, is why Marilyn didn't really like her. Um. Mm, okay.
2: <laughs> well, well they were so- well, several I think the press, reasons, the press yeah. is pretty relentless on that, too, right? Like, they were a big part of stirring the pot between the two of them, weren't they?
0: The uh, press Stirring oh, the totally. pot? No, yeah, oh, right. yeah, never. Exactly. <laughs> well, it was that in the studios. Um, oh, okay. In- sure, interesting, interestingly enough, um, she, after. She marries Mickey Hargitay. Uh, they actually met on the May West show. Uh, this was right after she posed for Playboy. Like she was, her career was definitely heating up. And then uh-huh. Fox decides right after she signs, uh, does this Playboy uh, um, cover, Fox decides to sign her for six years. And some people believe it's not because they had so much faith in her, but some, uh, a lot of people thought it was punishment on Marilyn saying that we can get another Marilyn that she because I guess Marilyn Monroe was not uh, she wasn't exactly easy to get into a film you know well she she was was,
1: like difficult to work with on set. exactly
0: yeah but well there was also like contractual issues too you know a lot of the time but it's like you're (laughs) Marilyn Monroe you know like she was one of a kind
1: Marilyn also took herself very seriously and probably wouldn't do these certain roles
0: do she wouldn't be in female jungle did
1: you or, know okay real quick though uh maybe she would I don't know. uh Jane mansfield lost custody of her first child because she posed in playboy
0: isn't that's that crazy i didn't i didn't i i did know uh, that i didn't i didn't mention that though. yeah that's but right.
1: that's like that was like a thing back in the day like if like today i posed for playboy it wouldn't matter that's
0: right yeah that's part of your and it, publicity
1: You know, (laughs) in retrospect, compared to like what you know, sexual things that are available today, Playboy's pretty tame. You know, when you think about it, Playboy doesn't even Uh,
0: exist really anymore. You know, it's because because of its non. We all read it for the articles anyway, Uh, so. Here 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 Clever Clever Comics. But yes, yeah, so yeah, some people believe it was just a punishment on Marilyn like as a way of to being like, you know, we can get another Marilyn or, you know, if you want other, more movies, you have to compete now. You know, there is a second one of you around or whatever. After that, she was in The Girl Can't Help It, which was a huge hit, uh, mostly because of the amazing music. Um just you guys remember the soundtrack. Song, this, the the song? Girl, like, girl can't,
1: can't help, it. help it, girl can't help it, or oh, something. Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah. yeah, is, yeah. That
1: it? is that from that?
0: Yeah, that's oh. that sample is taken from that song too. That was I, I don't know who sings that one. That's... I don't know.
1: I'm gonna use that in my next TikTok. Right,
0: yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Gene Vincent, <laughs> Fats Domino, Eddie Cochran, and Little Richard was even uh, in that soundtrack.
2: Ooh. Uh,
0: but yeah, It was a uh, it was a good. Good uh, film for her to be in. That was kind of the peak, I think. After that, she married uh, Matt Simber, the last of the three husbands Uh, uh, that she would uh, marry. Um, But um, unfortunately, on June 29th, 1967, in Mississippi... She was uh, actually leaving uh, Gus Stevens Supper Club. Uh, that's right. She was leaving to head to an interview um, that was the next morning. So it was like 2 a.m., I think. She um, Yeah.
1: She had just done two performances at Gus Stevens Supper Club in New Orleans.
0: Cool. Um, and then so, yeah, it's like 2 in the morning and it's her and Simber. Sam Brady art and ronald bitterson who was the driver sam brady
2: was the lawyer right yeah and her three kids are in the back seat
0: and her three kids are in the back seat um i forgot to mention yeah that uh, mickey had three kids with her um one of them being mariska hargitay, hargitay. who is um uh, what was her character's name in olivia benson order? olivia benson in law and order she actually won an emmy you know, yes yeah, that's a. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, I mean, I guess SVU would probably win a lot of Emmys. There's so many dramatic moments in this Oh, show. yeah, that's a great show. God, it's a hard show to watch sometimes, but yeah, it's a, it's a good show. Um, but yeah, so they're driving in Mississippi, and it's a super foggy night. And the driver doesn't notice that the uh, tractor trailer in front of them has slowed down. And he's not like completely stopped, but so it's so foggy that by the time I mean, by the time they realize it, it's it's too late, and they slam into the back of this tractor trailer, um, basically slicing the car, um, like like shearing the top of the car off, and it instantly kills the three adults in the front seat, and the three children who are asleep in the back. Uh, were completely fine um a lot of people believe that there's a rumor that she was decapitated um but she, she didn't actually lose her head um
1: i mean i heard a thing that jane mansfield told her children to lay on the floor of the car if they were tired to lay down on the floor of the car and that's what saved their lives that's interesting
2: no, I saw an article that said that the children were were harmed, but it, obviously no life threatening injuries. Uh, but Mariska was saying that she saw a scar in her forehead from the accident. Crazy. Wow. Crazy. So I don't know if that's true or not, but that's uh, an article I read. Uh, the kids were banged up, but they were fine.
0: Oh yeah, I mean they weren't you know yeah
2: dead. <laughs> and also I saw uh, that it wasn't even a fog that was out there that they were saying they were um, like doing a like bug spray like there was a like huge clouds of bug spray oh, that, crazy. And, uh, i heard i heard that too yeah um that created the fog so it was like it wasn't even just a foggy night it was just this random area that they were you know debugging
0: interesting that's right yeah i heard that too that's, Yeah, did some she, people say fog some people say it was that too
2: did you see uh uh, the uh, the safety measure that they implemented because of this?
0: Yeah, I was just about to mention, yeah, they, they then put, had to put in the underride guard on all trailers, so that way this doesn't happen again. Um, which, it wouldn't, yeah. Nowadays, that would protect it. You'd just smash into it like it'd be a brick wall, basically. Mm. Um, but you'd have a much better chance of surviving that, for sure. Absolutely. Um, you said
2: uh, she was supposedly decapitated. Um. When I read some things, they said that part of the maybe the top of her head was she like she was more like scalped.
0: Scalped, exactly. Yeah. Is they that said what, that, is that. They what also you saw said as well? that. They also said that she was scalped because her hair was seen on the dry the the asphalt. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, but that was it. Was actually a wig. She was wearing a wig. Oh, okay, she
2: had a um, wig. Okay, but
0: she it they did it did like rip off her. It wasn't scalped. It was like her skull
2: kind of came off.
0: Wow. yeah like so yeah. the top
2: of like like the, like top, the top portion t- of her head was yeah, like yeah, yeah. off like almost, if,
0: like like uh when they eat monkey brains in that indiana jones movie like
1: a... <laughs> oh my god <laughs> monkey we're going brains. to
0: hell I'm, I'm going to hell a... uh, I, I was mean, just trying to we're all
1: going to hell but not just, tr- just because of this <laughs> i was just trying to
0: visualize it i guess um but yeah super super unfortunate um the kids yeah did survive luckily Um, but yeah, very, very, very tragic story. I didn't want to end it on a tragedy though, because Jane Mansfield was like, uh, just a good person at heart, you know, she was, um, a lot of people think of her as just this blonde, sexy bombshell person, you know, but I kind of, yeah, I kind of think of Angeline a lot when, uh, definitely when I was researching this because she was just using, you know,
1: her assets
0: she's yeah using her assets and like she Uh she was also just having a blast you know like she she was like yeah posing nude in playboy was nothing to her because she was like doing nip slips and stuff on purpose just to get pictures um all the time i mean don't we all i mean yeah i'm slipping (laughs) a nip right it happens there is super nip slip right now just Um, ask janet it happens (laughs) But, yeah, a couple of things I just wanted to mention. um, That uh, one of her first uh, roles was actually for General Electric. This was her first modeling gig, and it featured her and a bunch of other women in bathing suits. Uh, But unfortunately, she was cut out of the final ad because she looked too sexy for 1954 viewers as said by the <laughs> photographer.
2: <laughs> right. Mm. Which is, which is,
0: I mean, kind of true. I mean, she, when she came out, like that's, you know, that was one of her things was being sexier than everybody.
2: That's um, gotta be pretty awesome. When they tell you, I'm sorry, you're too hot to handle. Right. Yeah.
0: You're distracting our directors from other studios. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um she actually like be great if they were like
2: interviewing her and in the background like everyone's crashing over each other because they're all staring at her and it's like <laughs> she's causing this major accident we are like we have to ask you to leave the set immediately
0: <laughs> well in the in the in the movie uh the sorry it's hitting the bit in the movie will success spoil rock hunter that she i think she hugs him the like the main character, um, who is uh, Tony uh, Randall, isn't that is not that who it was? Um, anyway, he oh, he hugs the lead character, and popcorn in his pocket starts going off. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it was very very cartoony, just like that.
2: Very suggestive. Now, now, let me ask you this: <laughs> yeah. uh, going back to Anton Levey and and all that, um, didn't it, didn't the media try to kind of tie it onto Anton that there was like a deal with the devil and all that? um and then he was trying to back backpedal and say that he had put the curse on um on the uh the lawyer like wasn't there a bunch of stuff like that did you see anything about that
0: Um uh, i didn't really look too much into that i i heard that yeah there was rumored that yeah he had done that to the lawyer or her boyfriend at the time mm-hmm. um who I think was Sam Brady. I think that was her boyfriend at the
1: time. Uh
2: yeah, she was yeah. she was uh yeah. kind of sleeping with her lawyer. Yeah. He
0: was married. Um at
1: and oh
2: that's, that's right. right, he was married. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right. And he was like But she she yeah. had, had affairs with uh JFK and Robert Kennedy too. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah there Wow, was, they
1: were really like picking out all the
0: like blonde, yeah, like they got blonde Marilyn blonde Monroe shows. and then like, yeah, what the I mean, I guess when you Get a president. <laughs> that was my horrible JFK impersonation. Okay. Oh, uh, <laughs>
2: well, well, funny enough, uh, Anton LaVey apparently was uh, involved in a plot to kill Ted Kennedy.
0: Oh. Ah. So
2: that kind of comes around there.
0: There you go. Maybe, yeah. Maybe so. It was like, yeah, you know, screw over your family type of
2: thing. Yeah. But yeah, I know that the, the the media did jump on the whole, you know, she was hanging out with Anton at the time that she died. So I know that they really tried to tell, you know, she uh, she was playing with the devil and she got burned and that kind of thing. Uh, and I'm sure that fit nicely in with the decapitation story as well. So yeah, the, the media probably had a field day with that one.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, she had an IQ of 163. She I heard could, that. She could speak five different languages. Wow. wow. Um, but she actually said in quotes uh, that the everyone could care less because they're more interested in 40, 21, 35. <laughs> That's a great line. Right, yeah.
2: That uh, is a great line.
0: Um, she I was can do all these wonderful things and nobody cares. Right, yeah. But 40, things. 21,
1: 35. Oh 40, my dear God. God, that is so
0: hourglass. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, she was offered the role of Ginger in Gilligan's Island. Oh. Um, but she actually turned it down because she, she felt the role was a stereotype from which she was kind of trying to get away from at the time. Okay. Uh, which is interesting, you know, that, uh, she would finally be like, no, (laughs) can't do it anymore. I'm a person. (laughs) Uh Um, a, a pre, um, before he was huge, Jimi Hendrix collaborated with Jane Mansfield on a album that she actually recorded. Hmm. Oh, wow. But she didn't release and it.
2: <laughs> she didn't release it. She
0: never released it. I wonder it. if yeah. you find no. any of... I wonder if that's around. Yeah. I would love to So you're that saying that like Jimmy,
2: Jimmy, was like involved in maybe playing, playing guitar on the album or one song. He
0: played guitar and bass on two of the songs wow yeah right interesting and that was yes 1965 so that was like right before he kind of right yeah. yeah
2: he was still like a studio mus- or a musician for i think he played with james brown and stuff that's well,
0: crazy
1: yeah it uh-huh. wasn't like 19 woodstock 1969 like his breakout yeah
0: that's right yeah four years later that's yeah. that's that's quick
1: so my story we'll get into it is uh about the pink palace so uh Jane Mansfield was married to Mickey Hargitay. She met him in 1957. Uh, and that's when he, uh, he and Jane decided that they were going to purchase this house that they would inevitably, inevitably call the pink palace. And it was, uh, located around the sunset Boulevard area. Uh, And, uh, in 1958, she ends up marrying Mickey Hargitay. That same year, Mickey Hargitay was, uh, um, crowned Mr. Universe, which I didn't know was a Mm -hmm. thing at the time that there's a Mr. Universe. I know about Miss Universe, but apparently it was, like, a bodybuilding contest, kind of like a Charles Atlas thing.
2: Yeah, Uh, that's what Arnold Schwarzenegger would win.
1: yeah. 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 Uh, they have three kids, uh... Mikos Zoltan and yeah right like Mm. talking about Anton LaVey and then there's Zoltan and Mariska and Mariska Hargitay we all know her from Law and Order SVU uh, these days so uh, I believe personally that Mickey was the love of Jane Mansfield's life and the only husband that she had that uh, really did love her and worship her and most of that love was definitely expressed in this mansion that they purchased together so they purchased the pink palace in 1957 and uh, they weren't very rich at the time like they had money from being famous and they were like this power couple they were both very uh, publicity hungry and they were both very gorgeous and in the public eye so they were able to use that to their advantage but they got a great deal on this house uh, the house was originally built in 1929 and at that time uh, crooner rudy valley first purchased the house for a hundred thousand dollars in 1932 but Jane Mansfield, when they purchased it, they only paid $76,000 for the mansion. Hmm. Uh, but that was like all their money. They had no furniture or anything to furnish the house. Uh, so Jane Mansfield put out an article in the newspaper kind of talking about the house and her and uh, Mickey Hargitay being together. And they said that they were in plush poverty. Uh, and so people started donating furniture to them. And uh, Jane Mansfield being kind of uh, using her assets to her advantage, she would go to these furniture stores and she would offer to sit in the window of the furniture store and sign autographs if she got to keep the chair that she was sitting on.
2: <laughs>
1: and so that's kind of how they started to furnish their house. But Mickey Hargitay was also like, he was a little bit into construction and he fully customized this mansion. Uh, he painted the outside of the mansion pink with a salting of quartz crystals in the paint so that the house would glisten in the sun. There were mirrors everywhere, a lavish office, uh, a two story living room with a 10 foot chandelier that weighed 700 pounds, a heart shaped swimming pool with the words, I love you Janie painted at the bottom. Uh, Jane's bed in the room, uh, had a custom headboard made of antique pink glass. Uh, And in the pool house, there was, let me see in the pool house, there was a, oh, I want to mention this so bad. Uh, uh, in the fireplace, that was in the pool house, there was a copperhead that uh, Mickey had made customly for Jane that read, my love is in flame for you forever. Uh, he, <sighs> yeah, I know. He also built a fireplace, which was very iconic at the time. Uh, using six thousand pounds of petrified wood, and he created wow. a copper ceiling for her. Wow, uh, that's pretty cool. The mansion sat on three and a half acres. Uh, it was the building itself was ten thousand square feet of living space with fifteen rooms. So beautiful, beautiful, lush place. The iron gates outside of or surrounding the building had a j and m in the iron gates and jane loved this house uh she was often seen uh waving from the balcony and signing autographs for fans outside of the the mansion she was very happy with it but unfortunately her relationship with mickey hargitay kind of didn't last very long Uh, she divorced him in 1964. Her career kind of went downhill at the time. Uh, she married, sorry. Um, she married Matt Simber, uh, who she divorced in 1966. And then her final husband, Sam Brody, who, or the man that she was with was, uh, a married lawyer who was in the car with her when, uh, they had their fatal accident uh however jane mansfield was buried in fairview cemetery in pennsylvania and her gravestone is a huge heart shape and it says we live to love you more each day it's good uh it's to be noted that mickey hargitay was her only husband that attended her funeral interesting uh he he still loved her even long after and even watching the documentaries on her uh after the fact you can definitely see that he really still loves her even even to this day uh he's still alive as far as I know um and he just she was the love of his life and it's unfortunate that It didn't really work out between the two of them. But they did have three beautiful children together. So because of her uh, quick end, it's believed that her spirit is not at rest. That she still wanted to be successful in the business. And she never really got to taste that full success. So her spirit has been seen wandering around this mansion, which was dubbed the Pink Palace. So a lot of the stuff inside the house was customly built by Mickey Hargitay. He kind of uh, made this whole mansion in tribute to Jane because he loved her so much and he was creating this life with her. And unfortunately, uh, when he went on to say that, When Jane Mansfield died, the Pink Palace died with her.
2: Sure.
1: Uh, Now, many of the owners after owning the house kind of started spreading kind of these rumors that uh, the house was cursed. It was rumored that many of the owners after the fact had experienced bad luck, even as far as to be in fatal car crashes. But there wasn't much that I found on that fact. I got most of my information from Gabalosis, the YouTube, uh, YouTube personality. Uh, I've been watching her for a really long time and she is obsessed with Jane Mansfield. So I got most of this information from uh, one of her videos and a couple documentaries as well on the pink palace. So, uh, It is said that a woman who owned the house after Jane Mansfield had come across some of Jane's clothing within the mansion, and the clothing didn't fit her because obviously Jane had very specific measurements. So she had the clothing altered to fit herself, and she would wear the clothing around the house, even going as far as dyeing her hair platinum blonde. Uh, one, one day when she was, yeah, I know. Right. Obsessive much. Um,
2: Obsess much.
1: Right. Uh, one day when she was alone in the house, she heard a voice that sounded like Jane's voice say, get out. And so that's what she did. And she left the house and eventually sold it. Uh, funny enough about the Beatles, Ringo Starr actually owned the house for a time.
2: Oh, interesting.
1: Uh, he had met Jane's before, and when he bought the house, he chose to paint over the pink paint on the outside. But no matter how many times he painted the house, he could never fully cover the pink paint. Hmm. Uh, mysteriously, the pink paint kept seeping through.
2: Oh, man. That's a cute uh-huh. Amityville. Yeah. Can, yeah i wonder if that's because of the quartz in there
1: yeah i mean
2: or was it the ghost (laughs) of course (laughs) uh the Uh, ghost of sherman williams
1: uh... (laughs) so in 1976 english pop star uh Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs>
2: nice.
1: Do you guys know who that is? Cause I have no clue who that Best is. Best name no, ever. So anyways, in 1976, English pop singer, Ingelbert Humperdinck, uh, bought the house and he was a huge fan of Jane Mansfield. He'd met her two weeks before she passed away, uh, when she was in London and she had invited him to her home, but unfortunately passed away before he could ever visit. And he felt that it was fate that wanted him to buy the house. So he restored the house back to pink. And he says, because that's what Jane would have wanted. Now, after the restorations, he felt her spirit was in the house. And he felt that she was there quite often. He knew it was her because he would smell her rose perfume. There'd be... No one in the house, no woman in the house whatsoever, and he would smell this rose perfume. And one night he actually saw a figure of Jane uh, come visit him. Uh, He said, once I saw a figure in a long black dress in front of me, it was Jane, but I wasn't frightened. I was about to say, hello, Jane, when I realized she was dead. I didn't say anything. And then she faded out.
2: Hmm. Interesting. So in
1: 1980, he had the home blessed by a priest. And after that, he never felt her spirit again. And he believes that her spirit was finally at rest. Unfortunately, in 2002, he had to put the house on the market. And he was promised by the new owners that, that they would keep the home intact but within a month of selling the house they made plans to have it demolished Wow. yeah the children were allowed to take anything they wanted from the home they did take the copper hood uh that mickey hargitay had made uh for jane's that read my love is in flame for you forever and in 2002 it was demolished Now, on a wonderful note that I'd like to leave this on, in 2013, Mariska Hargitay was awarded her star on the Walk of Fame, and she put her star right next to her mother's star, uh, Jane Mansfield's star, that is on Hollywood Boulevard. There you
0: go. And
1: that is the story of Jane Mansfield and the Ghost of the Pink Palace
0: trying to think of where that star is we can go look at it when I've we go there i've definitely passed it for sure yeah. i definitely remember
2: that. i also like that it's one of the few ghost stories that i've heard that the lady was dressed in black and not in white
1: yeah that's true
0: that's funny yeah. well
1: funny enough we should talk about the hollywood forever cemetery and the woman in black that comes and visits
0: that'd be a good one
1: uh rudolph valentino out there
0: we'll talk about that yeah that'd be a good one um hollywood's haunted the podcast is the collective work of the owners and employees of hollywood's haunted tours and is available on iheart radio itunes or wherever you get your podcasts subscribe like and share because sharing is scary for more information on hollywood's haunted visit our website at hollywoodshaunted.com all right now you can leave James. Get the, oh, no, it's all good. I was, get I was the trying to the help you. All right, good night. Uh, good night, everybody. Good night, Jameson. We will see you next time. Bye, guys. Thanks for Hollywood's everything. Haunted. It was wonderful. Hollywood's Haunted. Sure. Hollywood's really, really Haunted. Hollywood's Haunted. Haunted. The podcast. Hollywood's Haunted.